Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today we are flashing back to episode number 32 with the brilliant Charlene Lee. By any measure, Charlene is one of the most accomplished and knowledgeable leaders we have ever featured on this podcast. She's a graduate of Harvard Business School, the author of six books, including the New York Times bestseller, Open Leadership, has spoken at TED, the World Business Forum, South by Southwest, and even appeared on 60 Minutes. Inc. Magazine called her one of the top 50 leadership innovators. Charlene has over 20 years of experience helping Fortune 500 companies to see the future and live into it. In this short snippet, she shares insights on building credibility as a leader, how to create a movement, and getting people to follow you. She teaches how to establish the disruption mindset as you consider the future for your organization. And she ends with a great challenge for this inspired audience. This episode is sponsored by Good Weather Wine, founded by another legendary leader among the brilliant Cutco Vector alumni network, Mark Lovis. Good Weather Wines are sugar-free, low in sulfites, and with no additives. You can get a monthly shipment of 3, 6, or 12 bottles, and they'll make it super easy by making the selections for you based on your preferences. Visit goodweatherwine.com to get started and enter the discount code CLSK when you check out to get free shipping on your order. You can see all our sponsors at changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. Enjoy this flashback segment from Charlene Lee, and be sure to revisit the full episode number 32. You write in Open Leadership about the concept of being open and in control at the same time. Can you speak a little bit to that concept and and how a young leader can develop those traits? Yes, absolutely. And I would just say, let's, let's delve into the whole word control and what that means. Control implies that, and people are, are especially first time leaders, like, I can't wait to be the boss. Can't wait to be the manager and the leader because then I'll be in control. I can run things. And the reality is when you go into a management position, you actually have no control over people. You realize very quickly, you can tell them to do something. They may or may not do it. Just because you're the leader doesn't mean that they follow you. And Jim Cousins and Barry Poster in, in the wonderful book called The Leadership Challenge said that leadership is simply a relationship of those who aspire to lead and those who are inspired to follow them. And what you realize, what you can really control is that relationship with people. So how do you have a trust-based relationship? How can you get people to follow you? 
to be inspired to follow you. This is where openness becomes really important. They will follow you because they believe you are fair, because you are honest. You are, it's very clear and you're transparent about you're working for them. And the whole idea of servant leadership is really effective because if they feel like you're going to be there to make them successful, to make the whole entire organization successful, they will walk to the ends of the earth for you because they believe that you have the interest of not just them, but everyone else and not your own self-interest. So I, I go back to maybe a better way to think about it is not being in control, but being in command. Because command says you give an order and they will follow you. And they would do that because they believe in you and the mission, mm. not because you control them with some knobs or something. But that requires a lot of work. And credibility and leadership is at the core of all of that. How do you establish credibility? I think it's by being open. Wow, there, there's a lot we could unpack right there that uh, is so, so valuable. What advice would you have in particular for you know somebody who is really just getting started as a leader, uh, whether it's in Cutco or outside of Cutco, they're starting as a leader and they're beginning to try to establish credibility and to develop a followership. What are, what are some of the advice that you would give someone like that? This is a great quote from a very wise Greek philosopher named Epictetus. And he said, you were born with two ears and one mouth. Use them in the same proportion. (laughs) So as a leader, I think the most important skill you can ever develop and continue to practice is listening. And listening deeply, listening for understanding, listening for relationship. Because it's through the listening, then you can formulate and say, you can say the right thing because you know where somebody stands. What listening does, it helps you be more empathetic. And I think having empathy is really important. At the same time, though, having confidence that the path that you're trying to forge, the objective is worth fighting for, worth working for, and confidence in yourself and the team to achieve it. You may not be there yet, but you know you're going to get there. And the third thing is humility. Confidence and humility don't necessarily go in the same words, we think. But I think humility says, I don't have all the answers. I don't even expect me to have all the answers, but I think that the team around me will all have the answers together, right? It's a saying when when you have humility, when you're humble, you realize that you are prone to making mistakes. So you say you're sorry. And therefore, again, builds your credibility, builds that relationship. And it also just kind of reduces the pressure on the leader to always have the answer, to always be perfect. I think that's so dangerous we're not. We're very human. Uh, so the, the sooner we can sit in that humanity, appreciate it for all of its good, all of its challenges, and be very transparent and open about it to the people you're leading. It's just, it's a much healthier relationship, I think, that says, realistically, we're going to change the ways that we work together as a leader and a follower. My hope is that when, and I talk about this in my current book, when you're creating a lot of change and disruption, you have to create a movement because if you're the only leader, you're never going to get very far. But if you create a network, an ecosystem of other people who are following you, who they become leaders themselves, they step into that place, then you have a movement. And you have people who step move from being followers to leaders themselves and developing their own followership. Yeah. And, it's and, and, and I, I, love, I love what you wrote there in the book about it's only a movement if it moves without you, right? And that the ultimate in leadership is creating enough of a movement where even when you're not there or you're not present or you're not 
actively influencing that the movement continues to move and that there, you, you've built something that sort of perpetuates, you know, into the future, even without you. So that was a powerful thought. And that's, I think that's a great concept for a lot of young people to think about is like, what would my business be like if I wasn't here for a while? You know, what would my organization be like if I wasn't here for a while? Is it moving without me? Yeah. And I think one particular thing, as you go up in, in your in people, in the career ladders, it's really important to be able to take time off away from the business every day. Let it run without you. Be able to delegate. I think that's the next level of leadership is to be able to delegate and have confidence that they can accomplish it. And also have the communications in place that and you know what they're working on and you can manage on an exception basis. So creating that accountability at the same time. But it's important because as a leader, as you move up, you have to have time to think about the future because no one else is going to be thinking about the future. So I talked to a lot of leaders and I said, well, how are you focusing on your future customers? Oh, I don't have time to think about the future. I'm just putting up fires in my own organization. And I go, that's a failure of leadership because what they're saying is I don't trust the people who are one level before below me to take care of those problems. I have to have a finger in everything versus the most effective and most powerful leaders I see out there. They're kind of sitting back. They're spending half of their time thinking about the future, about a quarter of their time thinking about just like immediate issues that are on the plate that just have to get done. They're about a quarter time thinking about more near term things. But they're not spending their time putting out fires. That's the job of their teams. That's why they develop those people to do that. And I think in some ways, it's because those leaders feel like they're leading, they're adding value because they're in the thick of things. They're not. The Mm -hmm. real value they can add is to step back away and say, are we on the right path? Are we meeting with the customers where they need to be? To have that leader ask the wise, wise questions that no one else is asking that's going to set the company on its course for the future. Wow, that uh, concept is so powerful. As you look ahead into the future, how do you aspire to change people's lives through your work or through your influence? Well, I've always set my purpose as helping leaders and organizations thrive with disruption. And so what I'm trying to do now is to inspire as many people as possible to become disruptors. And what I mean by that is they see in themselves the ability to create exponential change in their organizations, even in their communities and society. And I'm helping them with a book. I'm starting a new business on the side of a network of disruptors called Quantum Networks. And the whole idea here is that there's so much change that needs to happen, so many wrongs that need to be righted. We're never going to get to the place where we need to be if people continue doing the status quo. I know that the people listening to this are very much into changing lives. And I go, I would just never doubt the ability for each and every single person to do that. Uh, It may feel sometimes like, what can I add? And uh, I would just say, every person has this unique perspective. And that perspective is valuable because it comes from you. So I just encourage you to share that, really center yourself on that uniqueness that you have, because it is extremely valuable. And I hope that you raise your voice and share it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.